everybody. I'd like you to all roll a d20 for me. I got a 13. Five. 12. Uh, uh-oh. 16. Hey! Oh, and he's back. Back he's in back. the saddle again. Chowder! Previously on Dice Populi. <laughs> so, the gang knows where the final crystal fountain is. They know it's at the bottom of a cliff. Then they find the cave, and in the cave, there is, hey, a crystal fountain. The writings of Misak. He is going down the weird rabbit hole of Lema time experiments as well. Same as Yanis. Same as Fenwick. Uh, turns out they were all having a race to who obtain unnatural time powers and resulted in this time fuckery. Everyone decides, you know what, whatever they wanted, let's just end it. And they activate the final fountain, end up back where they started, you know, town square, indistinct body on the ground, three floating crystals. This time, all of them are filled in with no silhouettes. And everyone's like, yeah, sweet. Now what? And then somebody activates these crystals like we've done with any crystal we've come across. And uh, time fuckery goes into overdrive. And now there's a time locked horror in front of us. That's like a fusion amalgamation of these three people and their hate and greed and every negative thing. And just like it's a monster. And it's like, oh, God, I'm imagining something from Bloodborne. Like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking of this also. And the last thing spoken in the previous episode was roll for initiative. Was that our key rule? Okay, yeah. That's one. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a nine. It's a nine. Okay. <laughs> Fucking ten. Jabroni. Nine total. It's a nine and a ten. I also got a ten. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Come to that in a sec. What'd you get, Maeve? Seventeen plus three. Question: Do I still have my familiars out? How long has it been? Uh, it has been maybe a half hour. So those mice are still there. I'll get to that in a sec. Who has higher decks? Yeah. Actually, probably Chatter because you're a rogue. I. Yeah, I got higher decks. You only have a higher decks by one. Let's not all act. Let's not ha- act all high and mighty over here, okay? Yeah, but uh, I got plus four. What do you got, mine? Oh, that's right. Plus three, nerd. I slapped Jetta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Oh, man. Slap, slap, slap. Clap, clap, clap. clap, clap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and the jet takes off again. Okay, so setting the scene once again. The town square has dissolved in front of you and been replaced with a combination of the three fountain rooms. Similar to the void, the large sphere in which you could discern timelines and navigate between them, it seems as though physical reality has been forced into this same shape. You're in a single dome with a fractured fountain in the center, flickering between realities like the corrupted town in which you just stood. There are bits of rubble, bits of brush, bits of foliage and topiary work that Cult still finds unimpressive, scattered around the room, creating an uneven landscape. But you are, in fact, trapped in this tri-split room. You hear the rain, you see the sunset, and you feel the wind of midnight as you are stuck with a giant floating orb of twisted stalks with eyes at the end or hands and a single large eye and gaping mouth as you hear the combined screams of these three individuals that have been time-locked into this new abomination. The culmination of their power has led here. Maeve, what do you do? Um, That's a great question. I would like to cast uh, telekinesis on it if I can. Okay. 
it needs to make a strength check versus mm -hmm. my charisma check. Really? Charisma? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Because I'm a charisma caster. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Um, let me roll so this. I got an 18 plus 5. I got a 10. Okay, cool. If I win the contest, I can move the creature up to 30 feet in any direction, including upward, but not beyond the range of the spell. Until the end of my next turn, the creature is restrained in my telekinetic grip. <laughs> a creature lifted upward is suspended in midair. Mm -hmm. So I'm basically nice. going to hold it in place um, and kind of lock it down as I'm concentrating on that. Let me look up the definition of restrained. Uh, I think I actually have this page Your up. move speed is zero, and mm -hmm. we have advantage on attacks against you. And then gotcha. you have disadvantage on uh, dexterity Dex checks, and yep. you're, when you make attacks, they're at disadvantage. I yes. Okay. This week that did that. Very good. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a. Uh, how far apart are we right now? I'd say that you are each maybe about twenty feet from this creature. Gotcha. Again, this room is a circle. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the and there are bits of debris that you can use as cover scattered all around. Uh, but in the center, where this weird time broken fountain is, the monster floating in the air is right next to it. Okay. So it's dead center. You guys are all like equidistant from that. I'm going to shift the shift it like uh, away from the fountain, mm -hmm. maybe about like 10 or 15 feet. And then sure. I'll use my own movement to uh, try to take cover behind uh, debris. You successfully do both of those things. The screaming maw is yanked sideways and you hear it yelp in many different voices as it is thrust away from the fountain. Um, and its gaze, while not locked on you before, slowly turns towards you. But you have entered cover and are hidden from it. Everybody mm. else, you see this happen as it is looking directly at Maeve. I said equidistant, but I guess starting, I'll let you each tell me. How close are you all standing to each other? I imagine we're just like- I figured we right next to each other. Kind of grouped up, yeah, I would imagine. At most five feet apart, yeah, because we're yeah. right next to each other. I was just gonna say, how big is the room that we're in? Did you say it's that? It's a little larger than the void. The void was about a 30 foot diameter. I'm gonna say gotcha. this is maybe 50 feet. So this is not a very large room, but it is, it's like a, six, a 50 foot sphere and you're in the top half of that sphere. Gotcha. It's okay, just a dome gotcha. over that. So there's plenty of cover to move between, but you really can't get out of this space given its strange supernatural qualities. Um, and I rolled a 10 on wild magic, so nothing crazy happens there. As Maeve uh, ducks behind cover and just like, oh, okay, what do we do now? And after Maeve asks that question, the gaze of this single-eyed, many-stalked creature intensifies as it stares directly at Maeve. Is anybody in cover with her or are you guys scattered? We'd all be kind of standing, I think, right? Because we haven't had a chance to move. Yeah. I didn't determine the position, so I'll let you guys tell me how you were huddled as this all sort of took place. I was just, like, standing. I wasn't expecting a fight. Yep. So I'll say the three of you are standing near each other, but Maeve has moved uh, several feet off to the side behind her own cover, and you see that the gaze of this thing is transfixed on the broken slab of brick jutting out from the ground. So the gaze is broken, but it is focusing on her location. It cannot move, but what it can do is focus its many magical energies upon her. <laughs> and it is going to cast, and, and I think Ryan, at the very least, will key into what I'm using here. It is going to uh, use the action I raise. Oh, oh my god. It's oh, no. <laughs> a fucking beholder. Gotcha. It's a reskinned beholder. Beholder, I hardly know her. Because uh, when you said he was going to cast magic, he's like, oh, maybe I can counterspell. Then you're like, ah, I raise. I was like, never yep. mind. So is this, this is treated as half cover? 
right now? I would say you're small enough that I, if you're crouched, I can treat this as full cover. Okay, then if I have full cover, then it can't see me. Yes, correct. Yeah, its, ga- it's gaze is broken. Okay. Um, if this is basically a beholder analog, when its mm-hmm. eye is focused on us, uh, there's Mae an anti-magic f- code. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, does May feel non-magical in this moment? Uh, I am going to let you know how you all feel when it is appropriate. All right, gotcha. Maeve, you, after asking what we're all gonna do, you hear a barrage of impacts and sparks of energy against the cover behind which you sit. Though it is already made of stone, you hear it begin to crumble as bits of dust break off of it. You don't know what's happening, but there is a volley being launched at you. You're protected by full cover, but everybody else, you see what this thing is doing. Each stalk is throwing out a different spell and you see a blast of various colors hit these bricks and they begin to shake and crumble under their weight. Maeve is safe thanks to this cover for the moment and its turn is ended. It is still transfixed on her location. Jetta, Uh, you see all this happen and the kind of threat that you are facing. Standing out in the open, what do you do? First, I call out the mice. All right, Stuart. You stay where you are, on my head. That's, uh, Stuart! Uh, Stuart, Stuart! Oh my god. All right, Ratatouille, uh, get, get to, uh... Get to chopping. Get to lock. There better be cheese in this for me! As it leaps from your shoulder and onto locks. If we make it out of this, anything you want, man. It believes you because it doesn't know it will cease to exist in about 28 minutes. Oh. oh. Well, here's the thing. These are just, like, fae spirits that I just call upon, so they probably go back to wherever they came from. Uh, anyways. Yeah, I'm imagining this is like the wizards in Tolkien where, like, they did exist before, but now they're a new thing with new memories. Jerry, to call. And, uh, uh, what I'm gonna do mechanically is, like, have all these familiars have the help action on Yeah. so that we we get advantage on whatever we choose to do. That's clever as fuck. You can also basically see from everyone else's perspective now. Exactly. This is a very smart usage of, of this particular spell. I I mean, it doesn't take an action to command them, does it? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. I thought just casting it was. Anyways, this thing is still focused on Maeve as the mice disperse from you and onto your allies. What do you do next? Locke, you and I are going to take the front lines. Hopefully we can divert some of these attacks onto us. And I uh, charge in and use my final second level spell slot to uh, cast Misty Step to teleport behind it? Does it even have a behind? Oh, it's got a behind, because I'm gonna kick it. (laughs) There are many different, like, parts of faces and eyes all over it, but there is the one single massive eye at its front. It is about 20 feet away from you, off to the side of the room, so Misty Step should be able to get you behind it, if that's what you're looking to do. I do that, and then I I throw, use my action uh, to attack it. And you have advantage. Yep. 15. Can you describe the nature of your attack and I'll tell you what happens? I uh, teleport behind it and then like uh, with my rapier, I let out like a quick jab at it, stab at it. You jab out the the sword, knowing that its gaze is not fixed on you, but one of the stalks doesn't have an eye at the end, but instead a hand and it reaches out to swat the rapier away. You slash into its hand, but the damage is so minor. You understand that it knew you were coming and was able to deflect the attack and you have not caused any damage. Yeah, honestly, I'd be more surprised if a thing covered in eyes could get snuck up on. Yep, and that's where we move to Locke. What do you do? You have Ratatouille, you have Ratatouille on your shoulder. Maeve is behind cover, Jetta is across the room. You stand next to Colt, what do you do? 
How far away is Amalgamation Boy? Uh, the time lock Abomination is 20 feet away. Okay, I am going to sprint, and when I get 10 feet from it, I'm going to leap and swing my uh, halberd at it. Fantastic. Make an attack roll. Do I also have advantage because of the helpy boy? Does help give you a plus or does it give you advantage? Advantage. Either way, it has advantage because it's restrained. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yep. Hell yeah. This is going to get a little wonky because I attack three times when I take the attack action. I understand. So the first one was a 21. Uh, The other one is a... 29. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> and then a 20, unnatural. You leap into the air preparing for a fury of blows. Please roll damage on all three of those attacks for Hell me. Hell yeah. The first one is 12 damage. It's all slashing BT dubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then 11 damage. And then 15 damage. And you know what I'm going to do next level? I'm going to get some try and get some buff spells for Locke. I think, I think Locke needs a, a couple of buffs for like damage. Mm. Yeah, he's not really pumping out those numbers, you know? You, you mean like haste? I mean, they could be even high. I mean, I could just accent surge into it all again, but I'm not gonna right now. Yeah. Locke, you land a, a glancing blow across this thing's face, spinning it in place, and once your feet are planted on the ground, you swing your halberd out two more times, slashing some of the stalks, watching bits of flickering, grotesque skin flake off and sink to the ground. You have done considerable damage to this thing as it floats in the air, but when it stops moving as a result of the attack, its eye is now fixed on you. Um, Are there any other things you're going to be doing this turn? I am a dummy, and I should have done this ahead of time, but I didn't, so shame on me. I am going to bonus action use Hex on the boy. Well, you're casting Hex on this thing, right? Correct. The thing that's looking right at you? Yes. Um, You go to cast Hex and you are unable to summon the spell. You feel as though the power is drained from you. The same strange pressures and thrusts that you felt while being whipped around the time-bending tunnels are in effect here, and the spell does not form while you are in direct eyeline of this creature. Oh well, I don't need the extra damage. But uh, so the, the creature stares dead at you. You go to summon Hex and you can't. And it is as you are attempting to cast the spell in failing that we turn our attention to Cult. What do you do? Ooh, it's my turn. Okay, um, I am going to cast Blindness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that old classic. That is a constitution saving throw. Uh, it has to meter beat a 17. Okay. It's a big ol' whiffaroonie on that. That's a 13 total. Hey, it's blind now. I don't know if that affects the, the cone or anything, but it, it's uh, It blind. doesn't affect the cone, but it is blind, and it cannot see. So uh, it can't see at the where it's aiming the cone. Correct. So I will also uh, I'll move myself to try and put myself around a little cover. Okay. Uh, completely cover myself, and then uh, after seeing its eye kind of go, I guess, like maybe milky or something like that, um, it's, it's blind now. Uh, maybe it'll help. <laughs> <laughs> you and Maeve are still in the sort of the midnight third of this room, and you crossed from behind the broken brick into the bit of topiary work and glass, into the, and you feel the warmth of the sunset on your back as the eye of this thing turns to look at you, but when it does, is immediately clouded over, and you see only the reflection of the room in its eye as your spell has taken effect. Maeve. 
You have heard your friends get to work. You don't know everything that's happened aside from the fact that Cult blinded it. Mm-hmm. And what do you do now? Um, I am going to use my action to try to maintain control of it. So do I roll on this turn or my turn? You roll now. Okay. Uh, that, my friend, is what we call a natural 20. Did you roll a disadvantage because of Hex? Oh, no, Hex didn't work. It, hex didn't go off. I got a uh, a 19, so you are free to move this turn. However, I'm still concentrating on the spell. That's fair. Uh, you are still positioned behind cover, and there is no direct line of sight, uh, correct? Oh, okay. I take it back. I have to pop up and uh, look at the creature when I go to exert control. So I don't know if that changes anything. I'll say that that puts you behind half cover. Okay, that's fine. So you are now revealed, but you also know the creature is blind and that this may turn things to your advantage. It is now the turn of this abomination as it spins about wildly and it feels spells being uh, pressed onto it, though it shakes them off. It can't use that to determine a location. So it will blindly uh, reach out and uh, reach out with its, uh, its stalks in its mouth and attempt to attack the two creatures it knows are directly next to it. Um, the thing is, I can't have it attack you directly because it doesn't know you're there. It doesn't you know exactly just... where you are. So, I mean, a lot of times, like for, for the rules of stealth, you mm-hmm. still know where the creature is. Like it's just inferenced by like sound and stuff. That's so fair. Okay. It's so you either way, mechanically speaking, you roll with disadvantage. All right. So the last place it was looking was between cult and lock. So it's going to just lash out in front of it with its stalks and mouth. And uh lock, I know the answer to this, but I need you to tell me. Does a nine hit? It's a close one, you know, but uh um, yeah. it does not. All right. You lock are looking at this thing's eye cloud over as it begins to sort of like wriggle around furiously and it lashes out at you but you are easily able to sidestep this attack and its momentum carries it forward as it moves across the room away from you and Jetta and now sits closer to Kalt than anybody else though Kalt is behind half cover. Kalt, I'd like to ask, how long does the blind spell last? A minute. Do I get to make checks on behalf of this thing to shake Ooh, the spell. That's a great question. Uh, you can blind or deafen a foe. Choose one creature that you can see within range. Concentrate saving throw. It fails starts blinded. For the duration, at the end of each of its turns, the target can make a con save. So yeah, at the end of each of its turns, it yep. gets to make. Let's go ahead and do that. That's the meter beat of 17. Well, I got a 16. So this thing is still flailing about wildly, and each stalk seems to be moving about with a lot of precision, as though each is trying to sense what's going on around it, reacting to other sensory stimuli in the room. So while it cannot see through its big eye, it has a sense of awareness, and you don't know the extent of that. It is now Jetta's turn. This thing has uh, this thing has floated away uh, from where Locke... Actually, because it moves away, uh, Locke, you can make an attack of opportunity. Let's fucking go, bitch. <laughs> uh, that is a 23. That's a 23. That hits. Uh, that is 15 damage. All right. Damn, I do not have the thing that stops them from moving after I hit them. Okay. Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Like Sentinel yeah. yeah. Well, I uh, mean, that's only if they make an attack against... Oh, never mind. I do have it. Let's go! Okay, so yep. it can't move can't away. Move. Its All speed right. becomes zero for the rest of the turn. So The abomination lunges forward after you sidestep its attack, lock, and you are able to grab one of its stalks and keep it from moving away. In reaction to that, it lets out a series of horrified screams, and you hear 
uh, a, a quasi-familiar, if distorted, voice saying, The Mage Lords can control this power! And you recognize it as a distorted form of Fenwick. And you hear a thrumming behind you as the fountain begins to react to the pained scream and magical dispersions this thing is throwing out. You are all ripped from this reality as the void transforms around you and thrust through the, the thrust through the tunnels of time once again, you land in the underground fountain room that Locke you initially saw in cast. Cult, you recognize this is where you fought Strauss and you're all fairly disoriented at the situation. If you're behind cover, that cover is gone. The room is roughly the same shape and dimension and there is a fountain at the center, not crystalloid, but flowing with silver liquid. And standing there is Commander Fenwick. None of you have seen him through this whole affair, and he stands and turns around and looks at you and says, what are you all doing here? How did you How did you find me? There's supposed to be guards standing. Is the giant monster here? No, it is oh. just the fountain and Fenwick. The cover is gone, and you all stand in this open space in a strange quiet with only the sound of reverberation and silver liquid flowing. Uh, uh, where'd he go? Where'd, where'd that scary where'd, dude go? Uh, uh, scary? I think that my facial hair is quite well maintained. I, I demand to know why you are here. Uh, he looks over to the to, to what uh, Colton Locke know used to be a portal, but it's closed and he's stupefied. How did you guys get in this room without him knowing or without guards catching you on the way in? The Fenwick, now, now is not the time. It, it can attack from anywhere. What can attack from anywhere? I'm in the middle of something extremely important. I need you all to leave right now. We'll be dealt with and held at the keep. I will come speak to you after. Uh, and he, he, he shouts yeah. down the tunnel, guards, guards! You know, you messing with time really isn't the best idea, you know? And what would you know about it, hmm? The, well, the, the, the Mage Lord presence on this island has been dwindled. We need to assert the supremacy that we were sent to establish, and this is how we do it. Yeah, well, the way you're going about it is all wrong. I don't have time for this. And he turns around and he starts walking no, no, towards no. the flowing you fountain. Got, you you got to understand, you, you're, you're fiddling with time has unleashed a monstrosity on onto us. He's, he doesn't turn to you and he says, I don't really see how that's my problem. If you destroy everything, if this monster destroys everything, what's left for you to rule? Or the mage lords to rule? Whatever reality is, the mage lords will be in charge of it. That is the dictation. That is what matters. So I'm still concentrating on telekinesis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would love to uh, try to uh, restrain him. Could you make a uh, strength check versus my charisma check, please? Absolutely. Okay. That is an 18. Uh, okay, give me a second, because I rolled like <laughs> shit, but I think I can... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna tie to chaos this and uh, give myself advantage. All right, uh, I'm gonna have you roll Ooh. wild magic on this uh, for pulling in a tides of chaos. Okay, cool. Because I got a I got a 19 plus five, so 24. Mm -hmm. And now for wild magic, 11. So nothing. Okay, nothing <laughs> happens. The, this guy Fenwick uh, turns around his glorious uh, mustache and mutton chops, blowing in the breeze and then suddenly stiffened as telekinesis takes hold of him and he's frozen in midair. He's like, you don't know what you're interrupting. You need, you need to stop. If I don't complete this, everything will fall apart. Well, you should probably explain just a little bit more and you know, we could be nice about it and not involve the guards. 
I, I'm going to kind of turn him towards us. So, okay, so you turn him around and he sees all of you standing there sort of intimidated. It's like, you hold knives at my neck and my arms back and you consider this playing nice? Mm-hmm. Well, you could be dead. Would he recognize the others? Let me actually roll uh, a history check on his behalf. Uh, that's a two. So no, he is blinded <laughs> by his own madness. You guys got a sense of how uh, how this obsession took over the reasoning of both Masak and Yanis, and clearly Fenwick was not spared that particular mania. And he looks at all of you and he says, you're not gonna get answers from me, not until we've succeeded. Well, what are you trying to do? We are trying to harness the power that was birthed to this island. There is a powerful domain here, one that the mage lords require. It is not for you. It's the silver blood of the gods. The natives swam in it. The villagers revered it, but it's meant to be used. For all his wrongdoing, Strauss, he was onto it. He figured out what this is. I can't let that go. I look to the shimmering fountain. This right here, like... The, don't like touch I'm... it! Don't touch it! You don't know what you're doing! <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I, I heed the warning and don't touch it, but I do look at it. Like, I do want to look into it. I'm going to look over at everyone and be like, there is no breaching this madness. We must must put him out of his misery. Jetta, as Cult is saying this, you step over to the fountain and glance in, and your vision is overtaken with memories past. You see the rolling hills of Nar Enial in its idyllic form and are reminded of why you set out on this journey to begin with. Everyone else is grounded in the conflict, but for a moment, you are distracted by how this strange uh, time-bending liquid has affected your soul. You feel the stirring and call, you encourage everybody else to kill this man. Does, it, does everybody seem in agreement on that point? But what if killing him is the, the thing that sets it all off? Good point. And I'm going to cast, uh, I'll cast uh, Polymorph on him and see if it takes hold. He sees you winding up to cast his spell, and he screams, Dariulme! Oh, Amarth! And everything around you grinds to a screeching halt, and the silver liquid in the fountain begins to slow and harden and solidifies into this sharp, pink crystals that you are used to seeing as this reality falls away and is peeled back by the thrumming and loud sounds that you've come to experience every time you activate a crystalloid fountain and you are all thrust back into the void and the time-locked abomination stares at you with renewed anger. You are where you were before, in cover or not. Lock, it is now floating next to you and you've stopped it from moving. Did Fenwick travel with us or no? He did not. Okay. Jetta. All right, I uh, uh, shake off the vision and I'm like, deal with the more immediate threat right now. Uh, I cast Booming Blade, which uh, is a cantrip. You make a normal melee attack against a creature. On hit, the target suffers the weapon attack's normal effects, then becomes sheathed in booming energy until the start of your next turn. If the target willingly moves five feet or more before then, the target takes 1d8 thunder damage and the spell ends. It's gonna be more damage because you're a higher level. Yeah, it's increased, so it, uh, five, five D8. Do I roll a save against it or does it just take effect? It takes effect if I manage to hit you. Then uh, go ahead and make that an attack roll. Yep, and you know, Stuart's giving me the help action, so. Mm -hmm. Good thing too. <laughs> All right, 23. He 
Jetta, you shake off the vision and very quickly get your wits about you. You see Locke restraining this flailing creature, and it doesn't take very long for you to get your wits about you. Uh, and when you go to cast this spell, unsure whether it will take effect, you feel your own resolve falter. This has been an extremely unusual 30 minutes of your life, and now being torn between realities twice and seeing your own past, feeling that stirring in your heart, you almost lose track of what you're doing until Stuart whispers in your ear, you got this, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Jetta, you are encouraged by, by your own strange familiar, and your booming blade is successfully cast upon this thing. All right. I do get to make a normal attack a damage. It's 17 altogether, so... 17 altogether. Okay, yeah. so that is noted. And what happens if I move more than five feet? If you move more than five feet, it takes 3d8 of thunder damage. That's if you move of your own accord. Colin. So like if I if somebody teleports you, it doesn't count, but if you try to move away. Totally fair. Locke, you are still grabbing onto this thing's uh, flailing stalk and Jetta has just cast a spell on it and uh, slashed it in the back doing some additional damage. Two of you stand next to each other with the mice on your heads and shoulders. Uh, the thing is sort of looking around away from you and uh, just just flailing. I know yeah. I've said that word before, but it's but flailing. Locke, it, what do you do? It's accurate description. Oh, I, I do want to call out to Locke. Locke, let it go. Okay. I, I will I will stop holding on to the, the stock, and mm -hmm. I will cast Hex. Does it actually work this time? You are able to cast Hex. Let's go. Um, What was the... Strength. Strength. Every strength check. Bam. Uh, so, disadvantage. Uh, okay, so the abomination now has disadvantage on all strength checks, but not saving throws. Not saving throws, just checks. Thank you. Um, what is uh, is that going to be your entire turn? Do you nope, move? Because that's a bonus action, baby, and I'm attacking it. There we go. All right, <laughs> go ahead and uh, be aware that you don't have advantage on it any longer. But please that's roll fine. your attacks. Uh, wow. He he still does have a. Uh, Who'd I send to him? Ratatouille? Yeah, I, he still yeah. has Ratatouille giving him a help action. Ratatouille. I, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to undo anything that came before, but from here on out, I'm going to count you being able to get advantage from these things when resisting something, either as a save or a check, but uh, I'm not given free advantage on every attack. That That is, that strains so much credulity. No, that's fair. Like, I, I, I get that. Like, Flock of Familiars is a very powerful ability. So, anyway, I got a 31, a nat 20, and then a 26. Do any of those miss? Certainly not. You say a nat 20? I did. Oh, yeah. That's why I rolled 40, 10. Uh, yep. And then I also have to add uh, 3d6 for the necrotic. Uh, one of those would be crit. Yeah, he, he accounted for that. That's why I hit with three attacks. I doubled one of them to be the four D10. So that's mm. that's four total D10. Right, but the hexes uh, also, because you're rolling dice, I could double two. Uh, so you'd be rolling four D Four D6. Wait, what is how is hex granting damage? H hex happens every, holy shit. Every time yeah. I hit with an attack, <laughs> uh, it does an extra D6 of necrotic damage. So if we're doubling damage. Ah, yes, 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 yes. That okay, was, good call. That was a so that fucking is, roll. So, yeah, so that's what? That's 56 slashing. Uh, 74 damage? Yes, that's 56 slashing and 18 necrotic damage. Holy cow. I know that I have not used my action surge, so I'm going to do that now so I don't forget in the future, and I'm going to attack three more times. <laughs> okay, go ahead and roll your attacks. Uh, that's a 24, a... 
29. And damn, only an 18. Two of those second attacks hit. Okay, so 2d10 plus 16. Uh, that's 26 slashing and... 25 whoa. hashing. <laughs> And an additional five necrotic. Damn, son. Damn, son. I was really hoping that I'd be able to do 100 damage in that turn, but... We're going to have to rename Mack Trucks Lock Trucks because Mack Trucks hit like a lock. Oh, I did do 100. Jetta, you scream let go. Lock does so, and with both hands ready to rumble, just, just slashes across this thing's backside so many times. Two of the stalks fall clean off and you see an eyeball wriggling on the ground next to a severed arm with way too many fingers. And this thing is just shrieking absolute bloody murder as you hear another voice. We devoted our lives to a traitorous God. And this sends another shock through the fountain. Once again, reality is ripped out from underneath you and the triple reality gives way to the domed and beautiful garden behind Yanis's temple. And just like Fenwick, you see a floating fountain with Yanis standing in front of it, a trail of papers behind her. And she is approaching it briskly when she hears the four of you land on the ground. In this newly quieted space, she turns around and she says, what, who, why are you here? Who are, what? And she recognizes Lock and Colt, and she says, why have you returned? This is not the time. Uh, I, I, I didn't come here voluntarily. We're kind of in the middle of something. You're not the only one. Listen, you. I think you did enough trying to what established peace here and worked so well, didn't it? You, you should leave. There are more intelligent people doing more important things. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm just, a, not a dumb person. What you, what's going on here? What's with the personal attack? And for the record, I wanted to exterminate the mage lords to a man but I was voted down. I uh, hold on to Yanis and I they tell her, Yanis, you got to stop what you're doing. Your meddling has or will or had unleashed a monster onto, onto everything. Your grasp of grammatical tense is falling apart. I need you all to leave. Get your hands off of me. And she brushes Jetta's hands uh, off of herself. And, and though she is old and frail, she has a tremendous amount of rage and attitude in her. If, if things were truly peaceful, would we still live in the quiet? How many people have lived on this island for so long, devoting their lives to her, only for her to speak to some greasy bird man and for you to sail away and we hear nothing? Yannis, Yannis, gods work in mysterious ways. Who is to say you have yet to hear her words? Maybe it is tomorrow. Maybe it is the day after, but this is madness. I have lived too many tomorrows to still live in lonely silence. You do not live in lonely silence. You lived a life. One does not live life for the for the words of a god. They live the life because it's what they are given. Uh, I would like you to roll persuasion. <laughs> My worst stat. Negative two to this, so let's go. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that's a 13 minus two, 11. She tries to contain herself but breaks into song. a deep, heartfelt sob. Not song. <laughs> breaks into <laughs> song. Everybody. She looks at you, and as she begins to sob, she slowly makes her way to the ground, not as a collapse, but just like someone... She slowly crouches, places down a hand, and, like, seats herself, and just cries into her hands, and she says... The mage lords have such purpose. They'll take anything. The natives are so angry 
Warm yellow light of the sun pours in through the greenhousey windows of this room. After you left, it was just a slow drip. There was no violence, but sadness and weariness has taken over us. There are lines at the bread stand. This village is not what it used to be. And you're like snickering as she's pouring her heart out onto the floor. No, 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 that's, 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 that's Ryan. Yeah. That's Ryan not called. When there's like, there's lines at the bread merchant houses. Yeah. <laughs> Good callback. Yeah. Maybe you couldn't fix it all before. Maybe nobody can, but why does it have to feel this bad? Yanis, I, I know things have been rough, but we're trying to make things better. But this, this is only going to escalate things. You know that, don't you? A race to a, to a super weapon? It'll only make the fighting worse. You're right. You're right. I know. I know you're right. But if they have it, then they are going to achieve what me and my congregation have always yearned for. And what are they going to do with it? They're going to spend it to eradicate each other. They'll kill each other. That's all they do. The, the oppressors walk in and destroy everything in their path and they create a world of hatred and death and somebody needs to stop it. Lema won't do it, so I have to try. Lema can't do it. She's not, she's one part of a whole. What do you, what do you mean one part of a whole? It's, it's a long story, but to put it simply, Lema is one part of a whole god. While powerful, Lema is but a fraction of that God's full power, the full might, maybe that that can help us. And that's what we're trying to do. Unite the three parts. She w- begins to wipe the tears from her eyes and she just says, I'm old. There's a part of me that just wants to know how to grow even older. I can't accept that when I leave, this connection will never happen. And I, and she stops mid-sentence and her eyes shoot open. And she looks around, she says, do you hear that? Hear what? I'd like everybody to roll Arcana. Ooh, something I'm good at. Not perception. That's a five. Nineteen. Three. Nine. (laughs) Nine altogether, yep. That's a seven. Jetta says, hear what? And Kalt, you do hear a familiar voice. In fact, a cry you have heard yourself at least once over your not-as-long-as-it-seems life. You hear the voice of Lema shout, I cannot find you! And you and Yanis are the only two reacting to this otherworldly call, as she is finally hearing the voice she has yearned to hear, the voice that you heard before. And she stands upright faster than any one of her age and frailty seems like they should. I'm right here! I'm right here! Do you see me? Cult, you hear the sort of flickering voices that you encountered last time you communed with this god, not of your own volition. And she begins to walk back toward the fountain, compelled anew by this calling from the god she has long sought approval from. And in the midst of those godly echoes, she screams the same words as Fenwick. Dar Yulme, O Amarth! And the fountain explodes with power once again, wrapping you in crystal and dropping you back in the room with the wounded abomination. Damn it, like, <laughs> I thought we got to her. I'm assuming this is all just kind of meant to happen, but still. Uh, you got to her. The, the, I'll say this right now. All this role play is 100% legit. You know what? I say, you know, the next one, we just go straight to Merkin. We don't even, we like, you know, we just like, hey, how's it going? And then just stab in the neck. 
This is a family-friendly podcast. What are we doing uh, with Merkins? You know what I mean. <laughs> I know. Anyways, <laughs> it, call, it, call, it is now your turn. You are so deeply frustrated by the fact that you got through to this, but there is just some godly bullshit that keeps throwing you back in this room over and over again. All right, I'm going to whip out my fucking staff, and I'm going to slam it onto the ground, and I'm going to cast negative energy flood um, using my staff, using five charges. Uh, it needs to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. You are not going to believe what I just rolled. And by saying that, you know what I just rolled. Either a nat 20 or a... Natural 20. Uh, it still takes half damage, so... Okay. 39 half. 19, I'll say. Round up. It's like a bunch of sickly black tendrils kind of like wait, like rise from the floor and uh, grab onto it. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't... Do yeah, it's, it doesn't have a status effect, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. You and your frustration at the inevitability of parts of this encounter uh, lead to a series of tendrils rising from the ground, yanking at this thing's uh, stalks, the ones that are still intact as it becomes more haggard and more beleaguered by all the stress you are putting on it and that these warps through time are putting on it. And the combined voices of Yanis Fenwick and Masak continue to scream in unity. Do you have any other parts to your turn? Uh, yeah, I'll move. If I have, yeah, I had to probably rise out of cover to do that. I'm going to see if I can find mm -hmm. some good cover. Is like the room shifting or are we just kind of like teleporting back and forth? For the sake of simplicity, every time that we get yanked back to the room, I'm putting you back where you were before. I don't want to like punish you for something you right, can't. Yeah. I'll just, duck. if I'm still behind cover, I'll just duck down behind that cover for, for safety. I'll say that you're removed from half cover and into full cover by uh, crouching low to the ground after casting your spell. Maeve, it is your turn. What do you do? I'm gonna try to hold this guy down again. Okay. Make your strength check. At disadvantage, disadvantage because of heck. Oh, baby, oh, that's a nat one for me. Okay, yeah, because I rolled uh, with disadvantage. That's a 16 from me. Yeah, so nothing happens from uh, me trying to grab you at the magic. Now, I would like to um, ask again, do I roll to shake blindness at the end of my turn or the beginning of my turn? It happens on its turn. At the beginning or the end? At the end of every turn, extra save at the end. It, it has a very high passive perception though, and I'm gonna say that it is still able to detect things. It, yeah. it knows that its biggest threat is lock at this point. So uh, as it wrestles away from the negative energy flood, it writes itself to gaze directly at Locke, covering him in its anti-magic cone and is going to, once again, utilize its eye ray ability. Oh, no. Let's see what happens. Uh, <laughs> Has it moved yet? Or? No, it's, still, it's okay. just been rotated yeah. in place. Okay. It was, it was yanked yeah. down by call. It spun around to face Locke, and it, I didn't even think about that. Um, but now it is facing Locke. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that the anti-magic cone works on this thing's own eye rays, so it fires across the room at at uh, the nearest people it can detect. And Maeve, you're in half cover, so it knows you're there. Jetta, you are right next to it. Call you're in full cover. Jetta, you are victim to a beam of energy coming off of one of this thing's many stocks. I would like you to roll a wisdom saving throw. All right. So in this scenario, that's when uh, my familiars. Yes, okay. absolutely. the 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 whisperings in the in the company of of Stuart on your person is is enough to give you a little extra mental resolve here. Ten. That's with advantage. You are overcome by a wave of fear. You are now frightened because the deep supernatural energy it has just thrown at you forces you once again to confront that vision of the past 
But now instead of feeling a sense of remembrance, you feel a sense of loss that chills you to your core. You have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of fear is within your line of sight and you cannot willingly move closer towards it. The second attack is being levied at Cult. Uh, you're gonna have advantage on this saving throw, whether because of the cover or because of the mouse. Pick your flavor. But you feel a beam of energy coming at you. Please roll a DC 16 constitution saving throw and let's see if you make it. Has it moved away from me? It has not. It's 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 looking at you. You are in the center of its anti-magic right. cone as it flings energy off from its stalks Ooh, across shit. the room. Uh, so 17 use... plus 3, 20. <laughs> so you got a 20? Okay. Uh, you succeed on that throw. Let me get some of these. What uh, color was the beam, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I'm going to say green. It's green. How about that? There's one or two that are just kind of like big old whammies on a... Uh, Do yep. I have the ability to use my sentinel attack against it then? Uh, no, because it hasn't moved. Right. It's making an attack against someone other than me, and I have the sentinel field. Uh, are these considered attacks? The I-Ray things? They're, I mean, yeah, they're spells. I mean, they're, I don't have to roll the hit or anything like that. I would say that, yeah, that's not an attack. What? Yeah. It's, it's casting a spell, because like certain spells have, you have to make attack rolls on them, and certain ones you don't, so I think that's an important distinction. Yeah, it's it's up to you, because it's it's uh, it's weird. It's Because I-rays break the action economy, because- So for that weird. reason, unless these are written specifically as attacks that require an attack roll, I'm not gonna say the Sentinel thing applies. There's really nothing for you to defend against. It's just a ray of energy. You're a bitch. Yeah, I know. You take 18 necrotic damage as you see this beam of green energy coming at you, and you try to duck underneath the cover, but this random attack just baps you right on the head, and it hurts like a motherfucker. It um, still hits with a 20? Well, you take half damage. Oh, so this you are doing spells. You're not doing actual eye rays? Is that what it is? Well, going off the block, it has a list of actions, gotcha. and basically I roll three of them. Uh, randomly, and now I'm just following what each one is described. So, gotcha. Chatter got hit with one, you're getting hit with another. Uh, let me double check full cover rules. Because, um, Maeve, you're in full cover. I, I'm not, because I'm in uh, half cover, because I went to. Oh, right, you stood it. back up. So, okay. I am within eyesight. If it Maeve, can, yeah. you have been concentrating on the telekinetic spell this whole time, and you're about to get a taste of your own medicine. I'd like you to roll a strength save. Oh, you son of a bitch. That one. You are focusing on this spell, trying your best over and over again every few seconds to get this thing back under your control until you feel the grip of telekinesis around yourself as a telekinetic ray yanks you out from behind cover and throws you 30 feet straight into the air. You strike the top of this supernatural dome and fall back down. If you need to react, on your fall, if you have a way to react, I'll take that now. Um, am I going to take impact damage? Yes. If okay. you don't have a way of breaking the fall, yes, you will take it. Um, I'm just going to take that impact damage because I'm going to have to make okay. a concentration check. Yep. You are thrown into the air and Cult, Locke, and Jetta, you all see this as the young girl that you traveled with all this time falls 30 feet onto the ground and takes... What, 3d6? That's correct. Uh, takes uh, 15 bludgeoning damage as she smacks into the ground. Roll a concentration check on that telekinesis for me. Uh, nat 20 plus 7. You are slammed into the ground, and despite all the immense pain that you're feeling, the cracking you hear inside your own body, you are able to maintain concentration on this spell. 
I don't know if you have any like flavor or verbal reactions, you know, Maeve so quickly. Yeah. Um, so I guess as a reaction, um, mm -hmm. I guess she's going to have like a single tear go down, uh, go down her oh. face. But then you see her eyes flash red and she points and she says, mm -hmm. no, um, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw Ooh, as I use my uh, tiefling trait to cast hellish rebuke. Hellish rebuke. That is a 13 oh, for me. Oh, that's a big fat F. Uh, you're going to take yep. uh, <laughs> 2d10 fire damage. Let me roll it real quick. All right. Hit me with it. Seven. <laughs> Seven. Seven points. Oh, I, I can cast it as a second level. Okay, so I'm going to roll another d10. Plus three. So 10 points of fire damage total. This thing, uh, Locke, is sitting right in front of you. And as you hear Maeve scream, no, little bursts of flame appear all over it. As it is now not just screaming at the pain you've inflicted, but also the fact that it is on fire. You hear the gurgling voice of Masak bellow from deep within this abomination. We will not be oppressed another day. As reality begins to strip away from you and you are once again thrust into another fountain room. You're all a little beaten and bloodied now, but you have a moment to breathe as you see Masak standing in front of a fountain, ready to cast his spell. Wait! How did you get in here? There are supposed to be guards outside the cave. <laughs> That's what they always say. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Masak, you gotta hear us out, man. You're tampering with time has unintended consequences. It, it it splits the timeline in, in ways it shouldn't. It unleashes a monster on, on it. You gotta stop. Colt, I know that you have felt some unique frustration that you haven't voiced to the group yet because you haven't really had time. Do you react any differently now that you see Jetta trying the, the persuasion angle again? Colt is just kind of kind of just like roll his eyes a little bit and he's got his staff in hand and he's he's not gonna cast anything yet, but the second that words start, he's gonna hold his action. The second that words start to come out of this person's mouth, he is going to cast fireball. Okay, uh, he, uh, <laughs> Masak turns to Jeddah and says, the mage lords have been tinkering with timelines more than anyone knows. I'm here to set the record straight. And he turns around towards the fountain. Listen, I know it has been rough. I. I've been there. I I come from a community, he uh, a rap that were ravaged by the mage lords as well. We're working on trying to deal with the mage lord problem for good, but this is not the way, man. Sympathizers, colonizers, it doesn't matter whom your plans are going to fail because you know what? Whatever plan you come up with, they don't care about it. They'll appease you and they'll move the goalposts day after day until they get everything they need. And they won't settle until they have time itself. And I am going to stop them. He turns around and he begins screaming the words, Dar Iulme. <laughs> Fireball hits him. Uh, tell me how much damage that does. Uh, but yeah, I was going to cast it through the... Uh the, uh, whatchamacallit, so it's gonna be... Mm -hmm. You gotta make a dex save. It's gonna be a fifth level. Mm -hmm. 33 points of damage. You smoke check this guy, and he just falls face first onto the ground, his back on fire. Uh, can everybody roll perception for me? 16. Uh, that is... Natural 20, baby. 13. Plus five. So 25 total, but natural 20. And what was that, Jetta? Uh, that is, uh, 24. 24. You all listen carefully as the crackling on his back subsides, and he mutters, Oh, Amar, son of a 
bitch. And finishes the spell, thrusting you back into the room in your previous positions where you all expect to resume the fight, but are surprised to see the abomination itself is shaken to its core and being rent by the forces of time it is trying to harness. This thing has been well and truly defeated, as you can tell by its three separate body parts morphed and disfigured, slithering across the ground in unrecognizable hunks of flesh and blood, each vaguely screaming the last dying wishes of the three mad individuals that attempt to steal time from the goddess Lema herself. The fountain in the center of the room remains flickering between its three different configurations. And the three of you stand in this strange void. What do you do? Well, uh, I mean, I guess we finish this off, right? There, we're in a flickering void and there's three bodies in front of us. Are they alive? They're, I don't think anyone's seen the first Star Trek movie, but they have a transporter accident where these people oh, turn into goo. like gooey, gooey flesh lumps that are screaming as they die. It's that, they're disgusting. It's like the time lock abominations. On Nar and Yal. I'm going to walk over to the Mage Lord one first. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to take, because my staff has like a blade on it. I'm just going to like yeah. bring it down on the back of his head. You do so, and it stops moving. I uh, go over to the Yanis one and hold her hand and like uh, gently whisper to her, I'm s sorry it came, this had to happen to you. I know you only meant well. The third body slithers across the ground. Uh, Locke and Maeve, what do you do? Um, all you, I guess. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'll get the next one. I'll get the next abomination transport accident. <laughs> I guess I'll, Because yeah, it, it's Fenwick. I'll, I, Maeve has no connection to this This guy. is Musak. Uh, either way, yeah. The remnants of Musak are, are crawling yep. away towards the rainy. I will, I will go stop Musak, flip him over, and put him out of his misery i guess all right and jetta did you um did you do the same to yanis's body i'm going to take out a dagger and where the where the brain meets the brain stem i'm going to just quick quick in and out i want this to be as quick as painless as possible and that is the quickest most painless way to kill someone with this existential threat rendered inert and all three people put out of their collective misery. The fountain in the beginning of the room stops flickering and resolves into a single stable fountain. As you all hear a familiar voice say, there you are, all of you, a family again, as Lema appears in front of you. Providing practical it's encouraging assistance. Me. Well, uh, it's telling me I got this. <laughs> yeah, the help, but the help action usually it's necessitates like a my description. Little, no, my little hairs. Gone, and I, do have, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I, so I, really, I do this is Ratatouille's turn, and you've surrendered all agency. <laughs> I, I do uh, have an idea of like how the mice, mice would be helping. Like they're keeping an eye out, like going to your left, and if like an attack's coming that way, and like uh, you know if there's like a opening, like there's an opening over there that way, and you know with that them. description from here on out. I would feel comfortable because basically just giving everyone a, a permanent a permanent advantage on everything because there's a mouse next to them is kind of absurd. But if that's what you're going to be saying and granted, know that these things cannot speak to anyone but you. I'm comfortable saying that it will help you uh, if you need to roll for a saving throw or a reaction to something um, like if, if the thing attacks you and you have to roll to resist it, whatever that may be. I'm comfortable saying it can assist with that. So, uh, but even um, that, oh, I Colin, feel like, is pretty generous. Colin, um, I so there is like uh, the help action. It doesn't like actually, um, like it it, it it depends on like where the creature is essentially. So, like for ability checks, the mice can use the help action to like, uh, you know, they can give us advantage on the checks. But uh, what I'm reading here is alternatively, you can aid a friendly creature in attacking a creature within five feet of you. You faint, distract the target, or in some way make up for, you know, your allies attack more effective. So I think the yeah. mouse would have to be within range of the thing as well. The thing is, the mouse is on people's shoulders. The thing I'm struggling with is that in the fiction of this scenario, if we're looking at how Locke swings a halberd, yeah. I cannot be reasonably convinced that there is a help action this thing can possibly provide. Well, it's distracting. So in the thing... It, the you, thing can't like, see. <laughs> oh, well, it's making distracting noises. It can only hear, right? Yeah. So it's and going, it's only the, it's hey, only the first blah, 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 blah. attack with yeah. advantage. It's only the first attack. It's not all the attacks. Bro. Yeah, not all oh, the okay. attacks. Just Okay, well, he's already gotten advantage on three, at, on, on three attacks yeah. so okay. far. Well, he, he this, already this would have... Wait, wait, wait. Gonna, I don't want to undo so, anything. No, no, no. He would already have advantage because the creature is blind. This that is I'm also true. Yeah. That I'm oh fine with, God. but I need, I, need to, I need to establish some boundaries on this. That, yeah. like, I, I, I respect the, the creative play on the rule side of things, but the role play side of things, um, free advantage all the time because there's a mouse on your shoulder just does not square. Unless it is taking some sort of tremendous physical action, uh, that is, like, way too much yield for a very low cost. Uh, uh, so I yeah. will, I, from here on out, I'm going to count you being able to get advantage from these things when resisting something, either it's a save or a check, but uh, I'm not given free advantage on every attack. That, All I'm that hearing is, right that now, that so much credulity. Colin is, I'm okay. Colin, and I hate fun. Is that, no, that's because all he I'm, still has, he still start, has advantage. Lots no, 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 still yeah, has no. advantage because of the yeah, blind. No that's, no, that's fair. Where's like, this I, work? I, I know that, like, Block of Familiars is a very... Uh, Pat, rolling in the thing. I think you have to do a backslash now. They changed the the prompt thing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, like, Flock of not. Familiars is a very uh, powerful ability. Why when can you, you like, do take... it? That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll grant you what I, what I have granted you, but yeah, no more free advantage on attacks. Oh. That is, that is absurd. You have to type slash roll first and then do it. Okay. Ah, okay, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, go ahead. Um, are we just get? Okay, there we go. There's Pat's roll. No, yeah. So anyway, I got a thirty-one, a nat twenty, and then a twenty-six. 